In this episode, I'll attempt to shed light on the relationship between Albus Dumbledore and Hagrid, and where Aragog falls into that. I'll also share a headcanon, or perhaps borderline fanfiction, that may or may not include one Newt Scamander. I'm Zach, and welcome to the Belated Binge Podcast, the Harry Potter podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously and loves to speculate about what's going on off the page as we continue our discussions from Chapter 15 of Chamber of Secrets, Aragog. The Belated Binge Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Belated Binge Podcast. I'm Zach, your host, deep diving the Harry Potter series, both what's on the page and what's not in this Lumos episode. I didn't read these books through till my mid-20s, and my favorite thing about this fandom is the constant theorizing, the super interesting headcanons, and the countless opportunities for speculation. Some say it's because it's a very well-written, robust, fantasy, magical world to escape to. Others say it's because Harry is a super unobservant narrator throughout the books, leaving a ton of gray area to explore. Whatever the reason, that's what this episode is all about. Today, we're focusing on Chapter 15 of Chamber Secrets Aragog. If you missed the pod breaking down the events of the chapter, check out the last episode that I posted with special guest Firebird from the Dusty Cauldron podcast. Huge shout out to Firebird. Also, want to shout out our free elf patron, Alex Swetlin. If you're interested in all the cool benefits like episode shoutouts, early access, bonus content, and a whole lot more, you can check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash belated binge. Lumos. Lumos. Now let's pull out our wands, light the tips, but we're not blowing smoke. We're here to illuminate. I gotta be honest, this was a hard chapter to try to pick something to speculate about because, well, it was completely unneeded to the plot of the book, and it's really just a jump scare chapter, which I can only take partial credit for. I believe Firebird was the one that actually used the phrase jump scare, and I'm carrying it over here because it's absolutely right. So I guess when in doubt, let's check in with Dumbledore. And I want to do so with a little trip into, let's call it headcanon territory. Looking at two questions that I came up with, and we're just going to try to answer them. Starting with, did Albus Dumbledore know about Aragog? This can be taken in many ways, many different directions. So let's start with present day. Does Dumbledore know Aragog is in the Forbidden Forest right now. Yes, I believe he does. I think that beyond the events that took place 50 years ago, Hagrid trusts Dumbledore completely. And Dumbledore trusts Hagrid as well. He says so much. I don't think there's any way that Hagrid has had Aragog as a pet for 50 years and set it up a home in the forest right next to the school without telling Dumbledore about it, especially since it's procreating. (laughs) And if you don't think he would have just volunteered the information, I also don't believe that he'd be able to keep it a secret from Dumbledore for that long, I not even maybe. 
while I have speculated on this podcast that a lot of the times when Hagrid spilled the beans, particularly to the trio, he was supposed to. Kind of part of Dumbledore's big plan, which you can definitely hear in the past episodes of this very podcast. Um, But I don't think he was supposed to give up Fluffy to a hooded stranger either. So... Especially not in a drunken card game, by the way. Uh, That's to say, he's not good with secrets, whether he's supposed to be holding on to them or letting them slip. And he certainly wouldn't be with Dumbledore, who he basically owes his life to. Because it seems that Dumbledore's the reason that Hagrid wasn't taken to Azkaban for murder as a child. He only got expelled, and he ended up getting a job at the very school he allegedly set a monster loose to attack a muggle-born student that died. I mean, somebody at least had to have uh, had to have Hagrid's back. Somebody with a lot of power, and I'd say that it's Dumbledore. And I'd say that Hagrid isn't someone that's going to repay that by keeping a secret that the very monster he was accused of setting loose is still hanging out in the woods right next to the school. And did I mention procreating? (laughs) No, I think Dumbledore is fully aware about Aragog. I also think Dumbledore probably helped make the arrangements. He knew Hagrid wasn't guilty. He knew the spider didn't attack Myrtle. He couldn't stop Hagrid from being punished, but he does seem to have lessened the punishment as much as possible and I think he would have just kept helping Hagrid first by finding a safe area of the Forbidden Forest that Hagrid could take Aragog he may have even helped Hagrid on finding Aragog a wife who knows Dumbledore would certainly want to know there was more love in the world after all you know now here's the next place that I wanted to take this discussion so the next question Did Dumbledore know about Aragog 50 years ago? I think he did. And here's where we start to switch course from headcanon to pretty much fan fiction. But here's how I like to think that this whole thing went down. Hagrid is a half-giant. His giantess mother left immediately. His father died when he was a kid. I'm sure this can probably be fact-checked, but I think that it was sometime after Hagrid started at Hogwarts, but before he was expelled, that his father died. Hagrid was an outcast. An orphan. One that looked completely different from everyone else. You know, on the count of being way bigger than the other kids. He was likely bullied by the purebloods, he was also likely not accepted by many of the other students, pureblood or not. Dumbledore would have been fully aware of all of this. And this is the exact type of person that Dumbledore gravitates towards. You could almost draw a parallel to Slughorn, who's also at the school during this time. He's currently collecting students for the Slug Club, building connections with young wizards and witches, and he believes that... He's setting himself up for some sway and influence that these students are going to be able to have once they leave Hogwarts. He's essentially building a network of power 
not for himself to gain or from what we can tell, aside from being about one to two years away from his monumental Horcrux discussion with Tom Riddle, but it doesn't seem like he's doing his thing for any negative reason at all. He just wants to be aligned with powerful people and have an in with them when they go on to do powerful things, and he uses his position as a professor to build those connections from the ground up. Dumbledore is also a collector, a collector of the broken, the outcasts, the misfit toys of the wizarding world, the werewolf, the blood traders, the muggleborns, the expelled magizoologist, the reforming death eater, and the half giant. I think he would have become sort of a mentor to Hagrid before the events of the Basilisk. And through this, he would have known of Hagrid's affinity for magical creatures, his nurturing soul, especially towards beasts that the rest of the wizarding world would run away from, or worse, rather eradicate. Dumbledore would have given Hagrid opportunities to learn, learn about these magical creatures. He perhaps, I don't know, shared some books with him, and maybe even set up an opportunity for Hagrid. An opportunity to meet a kindred spirit, a prospective mentor for Hagrid, and the author of one of those books, Newt Scamander. And I would think that it might be during this meetup that Hagrid would have had the time of his life. He could have gone into Newt's case, interacted with beasts of all kinds. Newt could have brought some of them out of the case to teach Hagrid about each one, perhaps letting some of them just stretch their legs a bit, however many they might have. And whether you think Newt would have done so in secret, or if you think like Firebird did, he wouldn't want to put Hagrid in the position to possibly be expelled over a beast like Newt had been, so maybe it was a mistake. But maybe an egg just simply fell out of his pocket, or out of the case, And maybe Hagrid found it after Newt was gone. But Hagrid, being Hagrid, he'd pick up that egg. He'd want to keep it safe. And he'd want to care for the creature inside. And he would give it a name. Aragog. What do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts on belatedbinge.com, where you can leave a voicemail, or on social media, at belatedbinge. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to help other Potterheads find this show. Shout out to producer Jack, who I work like a dog. In the next episode, we'll dive deeper into the foreshadowing, character choices, give away some house points, maybe take some too, as well as what didn't quite make a whole lot of sense in Chapter 15 of Chamber of Secrets called Aragog. Thanks for listening to the Belated Binge Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Explainiarmus. It's time to disarm your reluctancy and explain how you can support this podcast. 
Belated Binge is a fully independent production. I read the books, write the script, record the episode, edit the recording, pick and produce the sounds, manage the content schedule, manage social media, promote the podcast, and feed producer Jack. Any costs from equipment to software to website development, marketing, any of that comes out of my pocket. And despite how many times I've been told we look alike, I'm no Harry Potter. No half giant has ever taken me to a bank full of cash and said, hey, you're rich. Having a podcast takes a lot and it's not easy. So your support is literally the only thing that keeps the show going. And there are a few key ways you can support the podcast. First, word of mouth is absolutely huge. If you enjoy the show, please tell every one of your Potterhead friends to give it a shot. Also, many of the pod players now support a rating and review function. Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, Podchaser, just to name a few. And it takes about four seconds to leave a five-star rating on the app. This can be greatly impactful. If you have more than four seconds and the app that you're using supports written reviews, that's even better. Think about how reliant we are on reviews. Whether you're buying something new or deciding what book to read next, we're always looking at ratings and reviews to weigh into our decision. Podcasts are no different, and your positive review could be the difference in someone discovering the show and deciding to give it a chance. Another great way to support the show is engaging in the conversation yourself, whether it be answering the specific questions I pose during the show or on social media. Maybe you just have a theory of your own or you want to leave some feedback. I'd love to hear from you and maybe even share it on the podcast. You can submit your thoughts by leaving a voicemail on the website, belatedbinge.com. Just click the little leave a voicemail icon on the page that you visit. If you don't like the sound of your own voice, you can also respond in written form by using the contact form on the website, leaving comments or DMs on social media. My handle is belatedbinge across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also email belatedbinge at gmail.com. The final and perhaps most impactful form of support is to become a patron on Patreon. I've made a ton of updates to Patreon membership benefits this season and some goals to shoot for as well. There are currently six tiers available designed to fit any budget level ranging from $1 to $20 with all the bells and whistles. So benefits range from early access to ad-free versions of the show, recognition on the website, bonus episodes, patron shoutouts, show prep notes, insider participation, bingey award participation, input on show content and future benefits, a drawing for a physical gift sent from me to you and others. I've also set some growth goals that'll unlock new benefits for existing tiers and maybe even adding some more stuff as we go. The first goal is to get 10 total patrons, at which point I will start a patrons discord server. However you choose to support the show, thank you. I truly appreciate it.